the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep. When they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy. And today... We bring you many things. Many gifts. We bring you many... Many gifts. 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 From, from, from. Scientology. Scientology. Tar, tar, tar. Specifically. Doesn't end in tar. No. I think this time we can fill in some missing pieces Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. previous episodes because there's been kind of this connective tissue running throughout. This fascia. A lot of this begins right after our Dianetics course. And at the end of it, Roger wanted to see me and talk about what courses I was going to take next. But I wanted to get out of there because uh-huh. I had been there 10 hours that day. And right. I was done. And you felt like you could purify this day by leaving. I called up early that week and said, I know you wanted to sit down and talk about my my future in Scientology. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, let's schedule that out. And I was really pleased that they let me schedule for like the following weekend. They're usually like, get in here now. now. Yeah. yeah. And I was really busy. I'm sitting at the desk right now. Can you come in now? Exactly. Yeah. However we did it, we arrived at Sunday morning. I was going to come there at 9. That still doesn't mean that they left me alone, though. I got phone calls, I'd say, every other day. Mm-hmm. I would get a phone call or a text message that I had a check waiting for me at the Church of Scientology. Because you are an employee. I am a, a field staff member. Are you really? No, oh, but... okay. <laughs> you had the sudden concern, seems, look, are you a field that, staff member? No, that seems possible that they gave you like some title like that, you know? Yeah, actually, I, I guess that technically would have been kind of why I was getting the checkers because I had functioned as a field staff member. Yeah, you had brought in an unsuspecting victim yeah, and, and to Dianetics. I realized then why they kept confirming with me like, and Carrie is coming as your guest. It was because I get a cut of the money. My- hard-earned money. That's true. I pocketed your money. <laughs> so you paid $100. Uh-huh. And they'd even told me like the second day of Dianetics, like, you've got a check for you, but I never had a chance to go get it. Right. So they kept reminding me, you need to come get it. So this woman with a Spanish accent, I think, called me like three times during the week, asked me, are you working on someone else? Uh, <laughs> You're like, no. that's a creepy way to put that. You mean like talking to other people about the Church of Scientology? And she said, yeah, yeah. Anyone else you think you might bring in? Oh, well, I've been telling people about my experience which is true. I was going around like, sure. you'll never believe what happened to me in Scientology. Yeah, and you were like, pretty soon I'm going to tell thousands of people about my experience. <laughs> Don't worry. I will send it to the masses. And so the check was waiting for me in the FSM office. Yeah, that doesn't sound right because we think of... The flying spaghetti monster. Yeah, flying spaghetti monster. But it's also the field staff member office. Okay. And so I'd get messages from the FSM office. I see. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. Oh, field staff member in charge. You got right? it. So Everyone who's in charge of any particular activity is called the IC of that activity. Right. So the the guy that we were talking about when we did the uh, co-auditing, he was mm-hmm. the IC of Dianetics co-auditing. Sure. So I, I sh- promise everyone this is amping up to something. Yeah, yeah. So I, I show up Sunday morning. Uh, uh-huh. This was the one time in all of my Scientology experience where I was late. I was 10 minutes late. Oh, boy. Felt bad. And Roger was there waiting for me in the registration office at the LA org. And I felt really bad because clearly he'd just come in 
to meet me because he knew I'd be there at 9 a.m. because mm. no one else was in this office at the uh, time. Right. It was just like he was sitting there at his desk, kind of in the corner, all sad and alone. I was uh-huh. like, oh, you came in here on Sunday. Just sorry. Yeah. Uh, but and he was like, all the days are the same to me. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right. And so I mentioned the check and he sent someone else to go get it for me. Uh-huh. But it turns out I got 15 bucks. Hey! $15. Let me see that sweet Smack-a-roonas. check. You got it here. Yeah, I've got a check... Addressed so you to haven't me cashed this, or from, did you cash it on your phone? Or I something? did, yeah, I okay. cashed it. So you got digitally. my money. Would you like me to buy no, something I would for not. you? I don't. I am surprised you were willing to give them this information. <laughs> yeah, you had to give them your social security number for this. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that was one of the phone calls. Like, oh, we just need your social security number so we can process this check. Yeah, I would be like, and no thanks. There was this moment where I gripped my teeth, like, oh, you want my ah. Uh, all right, and let's you do this. did it. And yeah, what have what have they done with my social security number since then? I have no idea. They probably run numerous background checks. And yet, they still didn't run that check and go, "Oh, Ross Blotcher." <laughs> the first Google result for him is this podcast where he joins fringe groups. Nope. Nope. So, What'd you spend that on? I don't know. It just it went directly into my bank account. The next time you pay exactly $15 for something, I want yeah. you to think of that as Scientology okay. money. All right. And I want to hear what it is. Sounds good. Okay. Roger then had to clarify, now, this is for field staff members, and the field means that you're not actually a staff member. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks, Roger. I'm glad we cleared that up. Uh, oh, I so he really did say you were kind of a field I guess so, yeah. All right, Ross, you work for Scientology. My my first, yeah, (laughs) my first payment. (laughs) I kind of wish I could have brought in more people now, but yeah, it pays. That's great. I'm so happy for you. So there's a little like pyramid scheme built into this whole thing. Yeah, you know? a little bit. So <laughs> are you going to sell me vitamins? Yes, especially <laughs> niacin. So Ross, everyone's still a little lost, I think, about what we're actually going to cover in this episode. Okay. You know, humans okay. like to know what's happening and what to expect. Well, here you go, human beings. Here we're we going to talk about the purification rundown. The purif. We're going to talk about a survival rundown a little the bit. The servif. We're going to talk about the Sunday service. Mm-hmm. And gonna- then a pretty special surprise bonus that comes after it. Yeah. Yeah. You An unexpected thing. don't want to miss this. We did not count on. No, sir, we did not. We may even stop by the bookstore. You ready for this? I've been ready for this episode for months because I've known this is coming, but we haven't been able to totally say what happens. Oh, yeah. Shit goes down in this episode, you guys. People have been waiting for this. Yeah. So I had early on asked about kind of what comes next. Uh, So I was told that there are different ways to go after you take some of these introductory courses. You don't jump immediately onto the bridge. There's a few things. Wait, so we're not even on the bridge? No. Uh, Getting clear. Isn't that like the foot of the bridge? Is that getting on the bridge? Maybe. Maybe. OT levels are actually uh, the, are bridge. the bridge. All right. That's that's my understanding. Maybe I would I'm wrong look at that. my enormous grade chart and tell you, but I gave it to our Lord and Savior, Jesse Thorne. Oh, no, it looks like clears on the bridge. Clears like in the middle of the bridge. Yeah, it looks like Dianetics and the introductory courses are right below the bridge and then you're on the bridge. I think we have one foot on the bridge. Sure. Let's say it. Why not? Hey, on the bridge. On High the five. Bridge. Woo. What up? So after all you people listening, probably not even on the bridge. Hi, we're waving from above you on the bridge. (laughs) Except for the many people who've written us and been like, I'm an ex Scientologist. I love your show. They're probably further on the But then you've fallen off the bridge. They felt yes. It's like falling off the the wagon, but you've got a lot farther to go. Mm -hmm. I hope it's deep water off of the bridge. I hope it's deep water, but the bridge is low, so you don't sustain organ damage, etc. We're concerned for you. Go on, Ross, what were you gonna say? (laughs) 
No, no, I was picking apart this metaphor. I hope that there's a dolphin swimming there who catches you, makes a little whirlpool, protects you, brings you to soar. If you are on the bridge and you're listening to this, you're probably in violation of uh, of protocol. Unless you're in that one little segment. That's allowed. Yeah, that like listens to all the... And so, hello, and that's so... Yeah, and you are. That's so cool that you get to listen to the outside world. Uh, You should get out of Scientology. (laughs) What? (laughs) Am I not allowed to say that? Hardcore. You took a hardcore stance. Well, yeah, you're you're listening to this, and if you haven't figured out by now, uh, this is pretty abusive <laughs> and controlling. <laughs> Am I saying too much? <laughs> All right. I don't know. Maybe they like it. We laud your bravery, and I'm very proud of you that you got to this point where you are allowed to listen to Uh Suppressive Works. Hey, listen, if they're getting a lot out of it, if their life is better, uh, kudos to them. (laughs) Chances seem low. Okay, so things that you can do after you've taken your Dianetics seminar. One is professional auditing. You can buy it in a five-hour block or a 36-hour intensive. So the five-hour block only cost you $125. Only, yeah. Okay. And a 36-hour intensive. Can I pay $100 to not do that? You know what? I bet they'd take the $100 <laughs> as long as I get 15 yeah. And then the 36-hour one only costs $750. 30 hours, $750. Okay. Yes. All right. But that's not like the real deal. I don't think that one even includes the e-meter. Uh, an e-meter is not used in your auditing. Yes. Because you don't get an e-meter either way, right? You're not right. giving one absolutely not that costs a lot more but you can spend more to do life repair and that's personalized auditing for a specific goal so um, oh yeah it targets areas of overwhelm oh sure (laughs) and then you have a case supervisor who's reviewing this on a daily basis that's worth a lot Uh uh-huh and you're you're on the meter Wait, isn't there another word for this? What is it? What is it? Therapy? Yeah, but it's got an e-meter. So it, it's it's therapy, but with people who are less qualified. Yes. Got <laughs> That's it. right. And so with technology that is uh, useless. Yes. Okay, got it. So you've got great. two options there. One is the 12 and a half hour, and then there's the 25 hour one. Mm-hmm. So you then you spend for that $2,500. Uh, sorry, Ross, not to interrupt. Not to interrupt. But one of the rumors that I've heard from people who used to be Scientologists or about people who used to be Scientologists Mm -hmm. is that uh, Scientology then has a lot of your secrets. And so they can use those against you to get you not to speak, right? What you might call, some might call not being very generous, uh, uh, blackmail. Uh No, it seems like signing up for something where you're specifically going to work on... Areas of overwhelm. Areas of overwhelm seems like handing over to them your most important secrets. I'm just putting it out there. See, you get something and they get something on you. Your secrets. Indeed. Got it. The other option then was we'd already been told that we could continue with the Dianetics co-auditing. And he said, well, you know, not everybody needs to do that right away. And it sounds like you're really interested in, and this is what I said I was interested in, the purification, purification rundown. rundown. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mentioned in one of the previous episodes that I've been to the Celebrity Center before, and that was a couple of years ago with friend of the show, Brian Thompson. Yes. And when he and I went, I looked into, they kept just saying the detoxification program at the time. Okay. But yeah, it was That's clearly- That's synonymous, yeah. It was clearly the Purif. So I had read about this a little- uh, And thought, oh my gosh, this sounds so great. But then you quickly realize it is prohibitively expensive. (laughs) Yeah, it's pricey. So they told me up front, the purification rundown, 
$2,500. Ross, how much is a ticket to Disneyland right now? I don't know. It depends if it's like a park hopper or not. Just I'm just going to say going to just Disneyland. It's $97.50 for one adult for one day. Okay. You said $2,500 to the rundown? Yep. Divided by $97.50. You could go to Disneyland for 25 and a half days, Ross. Which would be a better way to happiness? I would think so. It's the happiest place on earth. And instead of eating a bunch of niacin, you could have vegan gumbo. That would cost you extra, though, on top of admission. Still, it's worth this good gumbo. <laughs> it is. And yeah, I was willing to fork over 2500 bucks for this. I'm glad you were, because I was not. I was like, sayonara, have a good time. <laughs> and, and he said that it's not essential. Like, you don't have to take the purification rundown, but it's a... And you were re- like, oh, but let me stop you there. I'm Ross. Yeah, a little glutton for punishment, except not auditing punishment. I'd had enough of yeah, that the previous no, weekend. Yeah, you're right. One thing we didn't mention in the previous episodes is how at the end, uh, when at the end of your session, when you write down your successes, then they make you go sit with a guy who like reads them in front of you. Like you're when you write them, you don't realize this. You know, you think that it's going to kind of go in in a folder somewhere, yeah, and no and one will know, ever look at it again. Or they're going to look at it, but it's that polite, like we're both not going to talk about what you wrote, so that you'll be more honest about it. Right? But no, if they make you go sit in front of someone who reads what you just wrote, to and you. they're like, "Oh, interesting. Well, why'd you feel that?" And they'll way? ask you more details and write more notes uh-huh. about it. Yeah. And now that you've already signed it, <laughs> yeah. So then that teaches you, like, oh, okay. Uh, in my next ones, I only want to write things that are going to be super positive that I won't get questioned about. That's true. Yeah, it's a real chilling effect there yeah. if you're going to have to bring it up later. It doesn't yep. feel so confidential with other people in earshot. So yeah, he told me uh, if I wanted, he could take me up to the third floor and show me this objectives co-auditing going on. Cool. But yeah, it sounded interesting. And yeah, it's all this kind of like, uh, touch the wall. Good. Hold the book. Good. How does the <laughs> book feel? Heavy. Good. <laughs> God. For hours on end. He's like, it's really great. It, it opens up your oh, mind. Oh, yeah, that sounds so great. And the world seems clearer to you. And so, yeah, he was really selling me on that. Uh, but that usually, that survival rundown is where that happens. That usually comes after the purification rundown. Survival rundown seems right for that. Like, we're going to run down your very will to live. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because rundown, it sounds like you're getting rid of something. Uh-huh. It's just a process or something. Yeah, which is another way people use rundown. Let me give you the rundown. Yeah, he, d- he defined it as a series of steps to get rid of something or to achieve a specific end result. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. That is a definition of rundown. But yeah. with survival, it seems, you know, like you're kind of asking for a joke. <laughs> right, totally. He kind of explained the whole purification rundown program to me just to gauge, see if I was interested in it. Oh yeah, it deals with all these toxins and that includes like street drugs, medical drugs, pharmaceuticals, preservatives in food. Uh, You know, like they try to preserve food and they put all this weird stuff in there and it gets in your system. They put in coloring like Agent Red. (laughs) Nope, that's not right. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that sounds like, it makes me think of like Agent Orange Uh from the Vietnam War. He's like, exactly. So we've been bombarded (laughs) with chemicals. And he's like, (laughs) exactly like, like that. Like, I'd made a great point. Uh, yep, that's a good example yep, of what exactly. we're talking about. And so he said that they realized that they'd been doing all this Dianetics auditing and people have been having all these wins, but then the same process was not working for people like in the 70s. And LRH was like, oh, that's weird. And he researched it. Oh, thank so God. And realized, oh, it's, it's this culture of all these substances, people doing drugs. That's what's holding them back. And so he added this new 
purification rundown. Oh, of course, the 70s. I get it. Mm-hmm. 60s, 70s. There's a lot of drug culture. Got it. All of this is in L. Ron Hubbard's book, Clear Body, Clear Mind, which did not come out until 1990. Hang on. Four years after L.R.H. died. Died. But yeah. Uh, it's, Composed he, of his he, earlier writings. Right. He did write all the writings, so fair enough. It seems uh, useful to note here that there's a letter that L.R.H. wrote to his wife while he was out on the seas talking about how many pills he was popping. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Maybe they were all niacin. But like if, for example, if I were someone who, I don't know, worked for Scientology and I don't know, got to listen to all the uh, critical media about Scientology and I, I don't know, was getting this information for the first time, I might be like, hey, like maybe this is bad. That's what I would think. I'm just saying. I would be like. It's just one thought. I should throw off these headphones right now and walk out of this building if I felt afraid of the repercussions of doing that, that maybe I was in a group that did not allow me to think on my own. Sure, there's that. Too. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, he offered to show me a couple films mm-hmm. uh, to get me acclimated. So yeah, sure, let me see this. So uh, I went into that little tiny screening room right off of the registration office. Yes. Where we first took our personality test. I've been in there and watched the Dianetics movie long ago. Oh, okay. Uh, so this time I was sat down to watch a film on... The Purification Rundown. Yay! So, what does it do? This handles the harmful effects of toxic substances on a spiritual being. And no one can deny the negative effects on the body. Oh! So, What happens if someone does deny it? Well, I I guess they are just one step removed from solving the problem because the first step is admitting that you have a problem. Mm. They have a foggy impression of the world. They uh, feel like they're not really there. Wait, who's they? Someone who has... The people who are under the influence of chemicals. Okay, which is nearly everybody. Everybody, right. And then the video goes into LSD and its impact. They really like talking about LSD. He seems really obsessed with LSD. This LSD can lodge in the fatty tissues of the body. Well, anyways, this is the... The premise is that you have all these bad things hiding out in your fat. Mm -hmm. So what do you get on the purification rundown? Well, you are uh, treated by specially trained staff. You get medical approval by a a doctor who's affiliated with the program. I think Roger told me that there's like 39 doctors. I I vaguely remember that too. I would love to go to one of them. Yeah, that are approved. So I guess they're Scientology doctors. Uh, So it all starts every day with running. So you uh-huh. run for a while, and the goal is to eventually you, get do to... Do I have a run? <laughs> your goal is to get to 20 to 30 minutes of sustained running. I can already do that, so yay. Oh, I cannot. No? No, I'm a real bad runner. Yeah, I wonder what they do for people who have like bad knees or something. Oh, yeah. I should have asked that. And uh, so this running then allows the blood to not only flow through the veins, but to flow deeper and really get in there where those bad things are. Okay. Yeah, it works deeper into your tissues, loosens deposits... So then you go immediately into the sauna. You're going to sweat this out. Okay, hang on. What? Is that how that works? No. Isn't sweating mostly just for, like, you know, cooling yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. That's not how that works. Huh. Interesting. So then you also need a proper nutrition. You're going to be eating lots of vegetables every day. Okay, I'm with you. And we were told that it doesn't change your diet. You don't need to go on a special diet. Just make sure that you eat plenty of vegetables, not overcooked because then that will get rid of their, you know, beneficial That's actually nutrition. legitimate. Uh, and then you're also going to take specific supplements in exact quantities. One of these, vitamin B3 or niacin, is a breakthrough in the field of detoxification. 
I really wish I knew how this happened. Like, was L. Ron Hubbard just really impressed with niacin, or did like he get like a really good discount price on a big crate of vitamin B three? That's a great question. Like, how did this, this is perfect happen? for for running down I, what ills you. I think that's a little uh, more generous than you need to be. I I think he knew that niacin will make you sick. Yeah, and yeah, because get- I think that's kind of what this program runs on <laughs> is that you take too much niacin, you go through. The shivers hot, and the, the shivers, sweats. The hot flashes, you get nauseous, you do all the things that people associate with <laughs> Overdoses going on and, detox. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Going through treatment at a rehab or something. Yeah, because vitamin B3 is necessary of for course, living. For, uh, I think, nerve uh, tissues need B3 and the body uses it elsewhere, but uh, you can overdo it. Just it, like iron, you can't, if you take too much iron, you'll get sick. And so one of the symptoms sick. is uh, your skin turning red. So, yeah, they trumpet that as like a really great thing. Like, oh, you'll see like old sunburns coming back <laughs> and uh, and it deals with radiation poisoning. You, you see like, yourself flushing and that's just you getting everything out, man. You you'll be- feel lightheaded. You'll get tons of headaches. Ooh, it's just so good. So if you feel uncomfortable in the sauna, you can go out and take a mild to cold shower and then get right back in get the right sauna. Get right back in there. But don't worry. You're supposed to be reading the whole time, but we give you special books that are coated with plastic so that <laughs> you can read them in the sauna. Oh, that's right. Plastic coated works of L. Ron Hubbard. Yep. So what else would you read in there? Yeah. God forbid bid you get five seconds to read a good novel <laughs> can i can i read harry potter no you wrote a thousand and eighty four books when you're done reading those you can read harry potter i wonder if anyone's read all of the collected works of elrond he really does have the guinness book world record oh i believe um, it thousand and eighty four books hats off to anyone who could read all that sure mm-hmm. i just read Gloria Steinem's new book is great yeah you said great yeah it was, review. that was my review on goodreads great great you also need to be taking oil So uh, I guess you're running out all of this fatty tissue and you need to replace all that bad oil slash fat with, (laughs) I guess it it seems like oil and fat are here like kind of equated. Okay, Okay, sure. Well, oil is fatty. Sure. So you you take in all this new oil and- What uh, kind of oil are you supposed to be taking? You know, I want to say I asked and I can't remember now, like if it was sunflower or canola oil, but- there's an oil called All Blend that apparently has the four essential oils in it, but I can't seem to find what's made of. Oh, no, Ross. What? I can't take the oil. I'm allergic to it. It's, oh, no. What is it? Walnut oil? That's one of them. Oh, no. You can't it's do that. It's an oil called All Blend, which has soy, walnut, peanut, and safflower. Peanut? A lot of people are allergic to peanut. They must have a backup if you can't take the All Blend. Yeah. I wonder hmm. if they'd just be like, no, that's all in your head. You take this. Oh, I hope not. That'd be bad news. Uh-huh. All right. That's it. Are you happy now? You figured out what yeah, the oil it really is? Yeah, I'm really happy. Good night, everybody. And the time that it takes to complete this differs from person to person, which I could not get a straight answer about. Of course not. Every process in Scientology seems to be so open-ended. Yeah. So like, oh, how long does it take? And Roger like clearly didn't want to be pigeonholed on this. He's right. like, uh, it takes as long as it takes. Right. And he Great. actually said that. He's like, all right, uh, how long did it take you? And then he finally told me after a lot of prodding, uh, 30 days my last time, which is about okay. normal. So, okay. God, just say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. About- I won't hold you to it. I'm not going to be like, it's been 35 days. <laughs> exactly. Just- Roger told me yeah. it would only take 25. <laughs> but um, It's your CP sales. At least, uh, you know, you pay that flat rate, $2,500, and you get to do it as long as you please. Oh, wonderful. You could just yeah. keep coming in forever until you feel you're done. And it seems to be largely self-determined. Uh, mm-hmm. But you also have your Purify C, 
in charge. You're in charge. And your case supervisor. And so, you know, they'll ask you questions to see how you're feeling. And when you get to that point where you're like really, you know, alert and with it and the world is a clear, wonderful place. Then they're like, okay, now you're done. Cool. Then they finished it up with the best form of evidence for how this works. Wait, let me guess. Anecdotes. Testimonials. Yay. Yay. Then the music picked up and it was that cheesy corporate music that just kept like crescendoing and getting brighter and happier. So yeah, one guy helped his back surgery and there was another guy who was like, I was exposed to tons of chemicals in my old job. And then there Did was, he say what his old job was? No, nope, why? No, it wasn't That'd in the script. Human. Uh, then there was someone else who had a lot of weight loss, which is great. And then one woman had a haze lifted from her life. And then another- What does that mean? Can you imagine saying to someone like, God, I've just really had a haze lifted from my life. Well, you know, it was like, it was a haze. Now Uh. it's gone. Uh, So yeah, one guy felt energetic and young again, had a second chance at life. So this is good stuff, Carrie. Roger answered some of my questions at that point. And he told me a little bit about his own story. Like he was in the Marines and he was reading Dianetics and he was practicing co-auditing wherever he was deployed. And so as soon as he got leave, he left the Marines, he went to Tokyo and he said like he pretty much went like the first day straight from the ship to the Scientology Center and the Marines had just given him a check and it was just the right amount to cover purification rundown. So he gives like all his discharge money directly over to the Church of Scientology. Oh my goodness. And the rest, as they say, is history. So survival rundown uh, handles factors that affect your survival. Great. Perfect. Okay. Well named. It's the objective processes that L. Ron Hubbard developed after Dianetics audited. What about it as objective? Do we know? It's focused on the objects in Oh, got it. In I'm thinking of objective as opposed to subjective. Ah, as in has focused an object. on objects in, in the real world. Got it. One thing I noticed and liked was that in this video, instead of referring to him as L. Ron Hubbard or LRH, they were just calling him Ron. Good old Ron. Ron developed the objective processes. I, I guess just at this point, you know, if you're this far, then, you know, you're on first name basis pretty much with the guy. You know who he is. It's weird, though. You don't see that anywhere else in Scientology that I can think of. Yeah. So I'm feeling like maybe I was getting my first taste of like, okay, you're getting you're getting on this bridge but now, buddy. But I mean, buddy. like, I don't know. I would think I would have heard it then in the New Year's thing because those people are all, you know. I don't know. They did here. Huh. You can spend. Actually, I'm not sure what that costs, but I would imagine another 2500 bucks for that. Sure. At least. Now, this isn't real money, right? <laughs> yeah, Monopoly money. You just, oh, okay. Yeah. Because otherwise, I mean, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, so then they go right into more of the testimonials. <laughs> more of the testimonials. <laughs> A great the cereal. testimonials. <laughs> and my Cheerios and my testimonials. Uh, one guy started off saying like, a purification rundown and survival rundown are a real one-two punch. Someone else is saying that he is more interested in learning about people. Okay. I thought it was great. I, I get out of there and Roger's like, yeah, that sounds really cool, right? I mean, the two of them, it's like a one-two punch. <laughs> so his line <laughs> was straight up. this exact thing. I think so, yeah. This is interesting because I wanted to know... If you take it once, are you good for life? Because uh-huh. it would seem like, oh, you clear out all these toxins. Ta-da. And he said, oh, yeah, generally, I mean, I just finished it for my second time. Uh-huh. But I did it, you know, back when I first started in Scientology. It was one of the first things I did. And, you know, it's been many years. And, you know, I've been living in the environment. And so yeah. we talked with someone else later who had done it once when she was a kid and then did it again recently. Right. I always find the way they talk about this a little confusing. Because they make it sound like it's a one-time thing. Yeah. It makes more sense to me that it's not. 
you know, if you're like really actually cleaning your body of physical residue, then yeah, you're going to pick up more as you continue to live. Hmm. But then I remember other times people telling me like, no, it's permanent. It's permanent. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it just seems That's weird. confusing. Yeah. He seemed to offer the caveat like it well depends on how you live and where sure. you live and what you do. I mean, and that seems fair, right? Like if you get, uh, what's it called when you have lead poisoning and they get the lead out of you? Chelation? <laughs> yeah. If you get chelation and then later- you're exposed to lead again. It doesn't matter that you got chelation before, right? <laughs> right, absolutely. <laughs> so that's and let's say you're like a fair. Sea Org member and you smoke like a chimney. <laughs> right. Because you're so stressed out. Yeah. And you're you're the kind of Sea Org member that gets to listen to outside podcasts. <laughs> and other sorts of materials that may or may not be uh, okayed by the church. You, then you're thinking to yourself, you know, maybe I should quit both smoking and the Church of Scientology. Because no matter what anyone has told me, Smoking definitely causes cancer and definitely will almost certainly I know how I will die if I don't stop this. There are actual facts to back that up and not mm-hmm. just testimonials. Right. That's just a thing that you might think. I don't know. I might. So at this point, a few more people had shown up and uh, Lexus uh, came over and uh, the two of them wanted then to schedule my interview because they had told me all this, shown me the videos, and I was still interested in the purification rundown. And so they said, well, when can you come back? And I said, well, I'm going to the Celebrity Center to meet with Carrie and her boyfriend. I could come back afterward, but I'm not sure when I'll be done. And so they're like, okay, so will we put you down for three? I was like, well, no, I mean, I think I might be done there at three. Uh, let's say like four just to be safe. And I'm so glad I did because our thing mm-hmm. it, our thing went on so long that I just barely made it back in time for four o'clock. So they put me down for four o'clock. I was trying to work it out for the next day, but they wouldn't have that. They're like, no, <laughs> you come back here today. And as we, as we were walking out, Roger then was telling me like, what, what do you work on, by the way? Like, what projects are you doing? Because like, I'm a real film buff. And so I was like, oh, well, let's see. The first film I worked on at Disney was Princess and the Frog. He's like, oh, I didn't see that. I was like, oh, okay. He's like, well, uh, well, Frozen, that's one I worked on that you've probably heard of. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen that either. <laughs> it's like, yeah, major, major film <laughs> that I mentioned, Wreck-It Ralph. He's like, oh, I've seen that. Okay. <laughs> you were like, Carrie hated that Yeah, one. which we all know Carrie hates. I'm so, so embarrassed about you, that. You've got to tell everybody the story now. Oh, have I not said it yet? I don't think so. Not on air. Oh, God, guys. <laughs> it's really not bad. So awful. So Ross worked on Rocket Ralph. I didn't know <laughs> She's Ross. She's averting her eyes. <laughs> I didn't know that Ross worked on Wreck-It Ralph. And I went and saw Wreck-It Ralph, and it's not my kind of film, okay? It's not my kind of film. And so she posts on Facebook so saying I something said like, something. stupidest movie ever. Yeah, it's just like. Pointless movie. Oh, Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, just something basically that was like, why did this thing get made and what idiots were involved? I mean, it wasn't quite that bad. No, but no. It might as well have been. Uh-huh. And. A few days later, uh, you said something yeah. about Wreck-It Ralph. I, I saw it. your post. It didn't bug me. Like, all right, you don't like it. It's fine. You don't have to like but it. You posted something unrelated, uh-huh. said something about working on Wreck-It And you Ralph. had that oh shit moment. And I, and yeah. I Where remember, the camera like, like zooms in on your face and the focal length changes at yeah. the same time. Yeah. No, I remember like the blood draining out of my face. Just like that feeling of like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like and panicking. And then oh. again, our friend Brian Thompson saying to him, oh my God, <laughs> Ross worked on Wreck-It Ralph. And he was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, I, I said that I hated it on Facebook. And he was like, yeah, I thought, wow, 
She really doesn't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because I still consider it one of the best films we've made. Well, good. It's not my genre. Sure. That's that's fine. It's wonderful. That's fine. No, you don't have to say that. (laughs) I really did like Frozen. Oh, good. And Tangled. And Zootopia. Oh, and Zootopia. Hey. Okay, so so uh, I get to escape finally. We go off, we do that whole day at the Celebrity Center. Then I have to come right back. So running deli so far, I got there at 9 o'clock, left at uh, 10.15 to go over to the Celebrity Center. Then we were at the Celebrity Center till at least 3.30. And then I had to race right back over to the LA Org building. So I have my appointment i go back to see roger and he takes me then upstairs and i'm gonna have my interview and okay. i i remember being a little confused at this point like from what he was saying at the time i thought like am i going to see a doctor now to be like kind of evaluated <laughs> uh-huh. to see if i'm ready like i was kind of half expecting to get weighed and sure uh have blood taken or something like that but no uh i was sat down with color ralph <laughs> no <laughs> let's call her hannah Okay. So Hannah, she met me at her desk, or it was like this general area. Shoot, I can't even remember what it was called, uh, but it it was upstairs, and it was another whole kind of division, which I hadn't really seen before. And there were a bunch of desks there. So she took me like to the first available one, and that became her desk. Okay. Uh, It didn't seem like it was actually hers. So uh, Hannah was wearing the Sea Org uniform, black Uh, suit. suit. Yep. A pretty woman, uh, blue eyes, uh, long kind of wavy hair. I can imagine she probably only blinked twice in the the hour we spoke with each other. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I spent the whole time just staring at her at her limpid eyes. She wanted uh she first just wanted to have me repeat all my same stories about what I'd done already and why I was interested in the purification rundown. Seems like a good next step for me. What's your day job? And uh, she wanted to know things like, do you have anyone in your life who has negative impressions of Scientology? Oh, wow. And What'd you say? Uh, yeah, I, I just said not really. I didn't feel like saying, oh, my wife really can't stand you people and wishes uh-huh. I would not come here. I don't know. I just yeah. didn't want to invite that. So, so yeah, that was mm-hmm. not true. Okay. And... Um, Thank you for being honest with us about your dishonesty. Dishonesty, honest about my... What does that symbolize? It's just a sound effect. I don't know. It didn't really, really fit the moment. Carrie has a a red box that makes carnival music. (laughs) Where did you get this box? different sounds. Oh, does it? Yeah. uh, Drew's parents gave it to me for Christmas. Oh, it's got buttons. Yeah. And I'm not going to tell you what they're all for because we're going to use it in the show. (laughs) It looks like it's from the Radio Shack. Uh, Carrie has a slide whistle and this little... (laughs) A box with nine buttons. Thank oh, you. That was a good one. That was. Yeah. Well played. Thank you. Filled all that out and then she put it in a folder and she had a ton of folders at that desk. And so I think I later learned that these are people's case files. Oh. I'm pretty sure that's what we were looking at. So this was like Ross Blotcher. Here you go. You yeah. are in the system. I'm wishing now that I'd looked at them more closely and like kind of gotten a feel for for what was in there because I, th- I think there was one section that said like do not call or something like that like maybe mm. people who had said like leave me alone oh right because or they were, keep files on people for a long time or had been critical maybe yeah, yeah that's what I'm wondering so this is where I learned the time commitment for the purification rundown and we had a problem because 
they want you to come five hours a day to the LA org. That's too much. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like. <laughs> it didn't make sense either. <laughs> Just keep doing it. One, one day <laughs> it will be appropriate music. I keep going. So. <laughs> I, I could understand if maybe like uh, the whole regimen throughout the day takes up a cumulative five hours and maybe like you're running while you do something else. And then, you know, you're maybe you have to do the sauna part at the church, but mm -hmm. you can take your vitamins and stuff at work. But no, sure, yeah, they want you to show up at like 7 a.m. and stay till noon. Right. Whatever it was. I know this still doesn't sound fun, but could you come at like 8 p.m. and stay till one? Theoretically, okay. yeah, as long as there's an IC there to be in, uh -huh. to be IC. Okay. Anyways, I was immediately trying to haggle this, like, okay, well, there's no way my schedule is going to allow for five hours. Right. Does anyone do it, like, say, three hours? Maybe I could make that happen after mm -hmm. work. Even then, that would be such a sacrifice with my family. You're doing this oh, every yeah. single day. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, some people have done that. It would just, it would take longer, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not what's recommended by... LRH, but by Ron. That's right. We're on first name basis now. I was starting to think, okay, maybe I can make the three hour thing work. And so the angle that she spins is like, well, how valuable are you at work? And well, <laughs> a pretty valuable member of my team. You yeah. know, we function pretty efficiently. Very. They they need me there. Well, you'd say they respect you, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel respected at work. So so you're allowed to take some time for yourself, right? I was like, not show up at twelve every day. <laughs> Like, that's not that order of, like, respect where I don't actually show up for my job. <laughs> right. But they were trying to say, like, you know, if, if your job really valued you, they would let you take five hours a day right. <laughs> to go suck on vitamins. <laughs> you know, it's so backward that at the beginning I thought the answer was supposed to be like, yeah, you're right, not that valued. <laughs> I can. Yeah, yeah it's, right. <laughs> I wasn't sure which way she was going with this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That's a good point. They don't give a shit about me. So I can be here. We, we were having yeah a little bit of an impasse here, and yet I'm still having a hard time figuring out what took so long, because I know we were talking for over an hour. <laughs> you know, I think the last sound might have <laughs> worked for this one. That was the completely <laughs> wrong sound again. But that was a great success for her. Uh, also. Great success. Yes. The right sound. I did it. Good job, little sound box in, Carrie. Thank you. I also learned while we were talking that uh, she gets paid $46 a week. Oh, my God. For her efforts with the Sea Org. Because it's not considered an actual job. Yeah. Right? Or but, else they'd be subject to minimum wage. But it's full time. Wage. Yeah, but I'm just saying they must not be subject to minimum wage laws. So I think they must be thought of as volunteers. I guess so, but they provide housing mm -hmm. and sustenance. Right. Lots of quiche. <laughs> so much quiche. Uh, so anyways, I just... Oh, my God. I, it was all I could do just to maintain like my shock when she said $46 a week. Which just really makes it clear why they need so badly to call you a million times to see if you're coming to something so they can get that 15 bucks right. so that they can buy mom a Mother's Day gift, you know? Oh, my goodness. Ugh. And I uh, recently got to meet Chris Shelton, who wrote Scientology A to Zenu. Ah, right. He was a former Sea Org member. And he told me that when he was on the 
RPF, Rehabilitation Project, Project Force, Force, that they paid him, I think it was $10 a week. That's the that's like for the lowest of the low. That's when you're in trouble, Yeah, right? you're in trouble, right. And he said it took him like three years and three months to get all the way through that program. Oh, my God. I also noticed at one point that the same song had been playing on loop the entire <laughs> no! hour what we've song? been talking. It was Wavin' Flag by Kanon. So wave your flag. flag. So do you think they picked that because of flag? The word flag. I asked her. Yeah, she's like, well, it's like a happy song. It's like, and it even says flag. And Uh she's like, yeah. She admitted, yeah, that's probably why we like it so much. But I probably heard it about 15 times in the background while we were talking. Yeah, I kind of like the song. So finally, we did get to the point where she's like, okay, well, now I will bring you for... I don't know how she even introduced it. I think it was just follow me. And so like, okay. And so another Sea Org member kind of joined us and we walked over (laughs) to another office area uh, that I hadn't seen either. And... uh, (laughs) It's just so goofy. Just let someone just stand up and be like, follow me. And then you're just like, okay. Sure. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm in this thing for the long haul. No, I mean, I would have done the same thing. It's just, I don't know. (laughs) Just such a weird alternate universe in there. Sure. So, yeah, these two Sea uh, Org ladies were leading me. I, I met this new lady. We ended up in a lobby, and they asked me if I could just kind of sit down for a while in one of the cushy chairs. So I enjoyed that for a while. They were playing on the TV the New Year's celebration. Ah, that I was at. Yeah, so I got to watch some of that while I was waiting and read some of the magazines. And, oh, yeah, there was like a little pamphlet on the – the, like the Mark Eight <laughs> Ultra, the new, uh, the newest of the e meters, uh-huh. and so there were all these like beautiful photos. It was like buying a car or something. Like, <laughs> I'm still just imagining the song playing the whole time. <laughs> no, we've now left the zone where <laughs> okay, that was on sorry. permanent loop. Okay. Now I'm hearing the sounds of the New Year's Eve celebration. Okay, right. Oh, and- so you're hearing. We stand tall. Unfortunately, not that part. Oh, no, bad. But it was uh, David Miscavige giving his cocksure presentation of sure. all of the great things that Scientology is doing. Amazing. Finally, another Sea Org member came out. Uh, this one was a gentleman, young fellow, very tall. Uh, his hair looked like really greased. Like there was a lot of like grease in his hair. And it was... Nope, wrong sound again. And uh, <laughs> no, that's what I thought it was going to be. I was like, I'm just going to wait for us to see something mildly negative. Oh, okay. So he took me into the next adjoining room, and there was like a hallway that led down, and everything was white, and there were a bunch of small rooms jutting off like on all these doors. And so he took me to the end of this hallway into one of the doors, and now we were in this very cramped little office together, and there was a desk with an e-meter on it. Ooh! Yeah. So uh, let's call him Liam. Hey, Liam. Had me sit down, asked me if I'd ever used an e-meter before and said, oh, not really like I've done like a stress test on the street. So, Mm -hmm. But yeah, this was one of these latest Mark 8 ones. There were a lot of binders on the available shelf space next to me. Binders of women. Yeah. They said indoctrination on them. You call it indoctrination. That's one of those things where I just feel like L. Ron Hubbard is having a laugh. Uh-huh. Oh, totally. Like, oh, I'm going to call it this, and they still won't <laughs> we'll even. still do it. <laughs> That's how I felt at OTO a lot. 
at the Ordo Templi Orientis where oh, we yeah. would do these like ridiculous little like dances and shuffles and like hail satans where I was like you know you just know he's like writing it down oh, he's like it's very important then you turn around and you touch your nose twice especially when like the book of lies has like spells abracadabra like it's, uh-huh. it's one letter off of abracadabra uh-huh. it's just having a good time i feel l ron hubbard was very much inspired by alistair crowley yes i wasn't even putting that together uh conspirators in this world oh yeah definitely l ron hubbard uh took that thalema with him yeah and heavily influenced him as he was creating scientology anyways liam had the plastered hair and this plastered smile too and it was like the most unnatural oh, face like he, you know, just very bright and cheerful. Oh, yeah, you're making and, a very weird face right now. Yeah, it was just like, this. these are not a real person's emotions, you know? <laughs> oh, God. It, it was like that uncomfortable. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm like unnaturally blinking and smiling uh-huh, right. at Carrie, but that's what but he was doing. But you're not even really smiling. It's just like the sides of your mouth are up. <laughs> <laughs> and so he would ask me something like, you know, how is your day today? And like, oh, so far, so good. And he'd say, I understand. <laughs> Like, okay, the only way that, out is through. Get at the beginning. Right, it's like, okay, you've got some weird script, or like programmed responses, and they are not synced up with what is actually happening here. Come to present time. But, oh my God. Uh, it was a, the most awkward interaction. So, it's like talking to that, who was that robot child on uh, Small Wonder? Vicky. Small Wonder. Yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, he had me pick up the handbells and told me a little bit about it. It's like, okay, yeah, I get this. And uh, so he was just asking me some calibration questions at first, like, what is your name and all of that? When were you born? He's writing stuff down on his end. And so then he starts asking me questions like, how is your relationship with your father and mother? And tell me about your home situation. And so I'm, again, giving him, I'd say, even more personal information than I was in that form I filled out earlier with mm-hmm. Hannah. It, he would follow up everything with the, I understand, or mm-hmm. great, continue i see and yeah it's just like everything in this like plastered expression and this rote response but it all looked very happy just like uh-huh. creepy happy uh-huh. uncanny it, valley happy yeah exactly wanted to know about my work situation and everything so at the end he said okay well what i'm seeing here is uh we've got a floating needle i was like is that good he said, yeah, that means uh, it just means I'm not getting any uh, natural spikes or anything. So the, the implication seemed to be you're telling the truth. Uh-huh. So I passed. So, cool, th- cool, cool. so then he got up and unnaturally like wide eyed smiled at me again and uh-huh. follow me. And uh, <laughs> so I followed him back out. They had me sit in, the, in that same chair again for a while in the lobby, waited for Hannah to come back and get me again. So with Hannah, I was essentially trying to like argue my way out of being there. It's like, I want to go home now. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'd like to make a case for me not being here. You're a lovely lady. Enjoyed talking to you. Can I go home now? Uh-huh. And uh, so finally, we kind of agreed on me needing to take some time just to read some more and figure out how I was going to work out this whole schedule thing. Right. Because I want to do a purification rundown. Really want to. Want to give you my money. Uh-huh. But need some more time to think about this. And so then I got to leave. Hey. Ta-da. Not right. No, that sounds like a, <laughs> like a new Adam West Batman villain just got introduced yeah, or something. That's like this is bad, <laughs> but yeah. you left, so that should be. 
Yay! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I didn't get to do all of this because I didn't want to give them $2,500, but huh. I did read some of the materials about the purification rundown, L. Ron Hubbard's writings about it. Um, and then I also have this list of success stories from people who did the PRF that all have that weird... I'm not actually giving specifics quality. Do they even list like names of people who oh, wrote them? No, they. No? Uh, this one here, this one titled "Success Stories," has initials after each. Oh, quote. okay, all right. But there's another booklet titled "The Purification Program" that is almost entirely anecdotes, and those aren't even attributed. It reminds me of when we were at the reading room for the. Christian science mm-hmm. investigation, just books of testimonials. Right. And jeez, if, if that's all you see, like when you go to a website and you're trying to figure out how something works and there's a testimonials page, mm-hmm. big red flag. I don't think it's a bad thing if there is a page. That just shouldn't be all you've got. Yeah, if you go to like find science and there's nothing yes. supporting it. I'm thinking of like our good friend Jude is a wonderful stand-up oh, comedy teacher. She's yeah. going to have testimonials because oh, she can't absolutely. go do a study about how greater class is. Yeah, but... But if it's something that makes actual claims about healing people. Right. Yeah. yeah then you need more than that. Totally right. Um, Jude is amazing. That's my she testimonial. Is. She's she hilarious. Is. I would join Judaism if it were about Jude. <laughs> <laughs> but it isn't. So I won't. Okay. Um, here's a quote. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked me today why I was so happy and shiny. All right. <laughs> I'm going to stop you there. <laughs> <laughs> why are you so happy and shiny? Said by no one ever. I said... Because I finished my Purif. He asked me, is that like winning a million dollars? Okay, I'm going to stop you again. <laughs> who were you having a conversation yeah, with? Yeah, who is this non-existent person? That's ridiculous. No and one talks I said, like no, because I can't buy a body like the one I have now, nor a spirit and mind that are as clean as they are now. So now I have more than a million dollars could ever buy. I'm just trying to picture someone talking this, this way. This conversation never, never took happened. Place. Never. No one talks Not that even way on either side of that similar. conversation. Yeah, this person saw no one today. <laughs> this person just got out of bed and wrote this testimonial. <laughs> it's like reading uh, book reviews for L. Ron Hubbard books online. Oh, yes. We both use goodreads.com like to We're both really good at it. track our reviews. And anytime you look at a Scientology book or anything written by L. Ron Hubbard, you'll see all these five-star reviews. Here's one for Clear Body, Clear Mind by Andy Nolch. Wow, what an interesting book. I do feel after reading it like I know a lot more about life and am wiser. I can use this information at work. We need this taught at high school! Exclamation mark. One can you like. imagine writing that about anything? Here, I'm going to give this another like. Good job, Andy. Like, if I really liked a cookbook... And then I write like, wow, I feel like I, lo- I know a lot about food. Exactly. It's like, it's just, what? you don't even know what the book's about, do you? Yeah, yeah. You didn't read this. You're just sitting in an org somewhere, <laughs> and it is your job to give positive reviews to all of L. Ron Hubbard's books, just like it is the job of someone else to listen to podcasts of outside people. And consider what's being said. Now, you've probably been told that you should be writing down things that, I don't know, could provoke lawsuits, or you could get mad about but instead did you know that you can make your own decisions you can turn this into whatever you want you could be listening to a critical podcast and think to yourself i'm gonna turn my life around 70 percent of people in your position have done just that (laughs) 
Okay, here's uh, here are a couple more quotes here. I had my fair share of toxic activities. While I was on the Purif, it became real to me for the first time how much these toxic things affected me. My memory would become suddenly foggy while on the Purif, and I got headaches and nauseated, disoriented, and even a little drunk. Oh, no. What a great ad. <laughs> a little drunk. That sounds so fun. You were disoriented? You had headaches? Well, sign me up. Let's see how the purification rundown works. Oh, goes over how this all works in Ross. Mm -hmm. Did you know that the reason that you have flashbacks or the reasons that these toxic substances continue to affect you is not just that they're in your body. No, no. Why do they do it? It is also that you have a memory of using them. Yes. So this, this is similar this is a question to the we both had about how this works and he does address it even yeah. if not sufficiently. Yes, I agree. But yeah, it's part of the engram. Yeah, it's see although he doesn't use the word engram, but it seems like the engram. Right. He's so, saying it's a mental image picture that you create of using it and what that usage experiences like so then those images are reactivated and then you experience the same sensations so if that drug used to make you nauseous or dizzy or tired you feel those things now one would wonder why don't i feel high well that's not explained so you need you need the purification rundown to deal with the body side of the equation and run out these toxins and then you need processing to deal with the mind the portion. The mental part. Really, it's a one-two punch. A one-two punch, you might say. Okay, now there are a bunch of toxins. I have a list here of the different kind of toxins that we might run into in everyday life that cause you to need the purification rundown. And if you are a modern person living in today's world, it sounds like you goddamn need it. So, for example, drugs, radioactive waste, pollutants, chemical agents. Okay, those are more obvious. Yeah, those mm -hmm, will make you mm -hmm. sick. Cans of peas, cans of soup. Wait, what? It's, yep. It actually called out cans of peas? According to studies. Oh, all right. According to studies, even some of the things that are put in a can of peas or a can of soup are to be considered toxic. Jeez, if it I was think in a study, of, you can't argue with that. I think the thing of BPA. But you have, you know, you have to take a lot of BPA. Like, you don't have to, like, be sucking on cans all night. <laughs> okay. Back to the list of things that make you need the PRF. Pesticides, petroleum products, plastics. Plastics? There's a future in plastics. <laughs> Detergents, cleaning chemicals, solvents. Plated metals, preservatives, drugs. Just got to keep driving that drugs one, huh? Oh, yeah. Asbestos. Drugs are bad, okay? Fertilizers. Some cosmetics. Which ones? Perfumes. <laughs> paints. Dyes. Electrical equipment. Dioxin. Okay, fine. Got me there. Substances made to add color or flavor to commercially processed foods. Agent Red. Artificial sweeteners. Many enhancers and preservers. Perfumes. I guess in general, Scientologists won't wear perfume or oh, fragrance I didn't things. know that was a thing. But they must have thought I smelled up the joint. Laundry detergent. The sun. The sun, Ross. Well, yeah. Is it harmful radiation? Yeah, yeah. Sure. I know. But come on. I mean, really? Like, we need L. Ron Hubbard to save us from the sun? <laughs> Well, you know, they're trying to fill out a list. All right, Show fine. you why you should take this program. Dental and medical x-rays, television sets, unshielded computer display screens. Oh, all those cathode rays. Oh, that's the end of the list. That deserves a slide whistle. Here, you want to do the honors? Ooh, my first time on the slide whistle, folks. Here it comes. I hope I do it right. Pretty good. All right. Thank you. It's not easy, is it? No, no. Yeah. Was... You really expect it to have like a solid landing place mm -hmm. and then it doesn't. In in why purification he uses the phrase case gain 
Oh yeah, four times. We had to look that up. That's essentially a win when it yeah, when you're being treated. Why can't he just say like improvements? Ugh. It's just this is like this is page one of what's supposed to be an introductory material, and, and it's he's got using like, lingo. yeah, ling- jargon, 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 jive talk. Here's some news: a person who's been on heavy drugs requires up to ten times the amount of time it takes for someone else to obtain a result. So if you have actually been using drugs and you go on the Purif, you could be in there for months. Mm. Or imagine if you admit that you're on like psychiatric drugs. God, can you imagine? I didn't mention in all of those questionnaires, both the e-meter one and the form. That was another thing they really wanted to know is my history with any substances, mm. which is really easy for me because I've never done any kind of illicit drugs and never smoked. Well, I did um, a hookah once. You did a hookah? <laughs> yeah. What, what would one be time the, I did one of those, those hookahs. W- what's the verb for that? Smoked I smoked a hookah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and did, uh, did one of them hookahs i don't drink much i do drink though so ah, yeah so. no we all heard the pheromone episode i sounded like a real mormon yeah i bet but it made it really easy for me like i'm a clean I don't guy even know why i'm here <laughs> yeah i don't know why i need to take this but they kept assuring me oh no there's still plenty of stuff in your environment that sure. necessitates the purification rundown the the next week went by pretty uneventfully they weren't calling me i did get a text message and I learned like any unrecognized number with the three two three area code. Oh, it's will like, oh, be Scientology. Someone. Yeah, so I learned not to answer those calls after a while, especially if I'm at work mm-hmm. and they would call. Uh, but I got a text a couple days later and said, "Hi, Ross. It's we'll call him Harold. I need to go over something with you. Please call me at." And he gives his number. It, it sounded like it was urgent, and I was a little worried. Like, oh no, they look us up. Oh, something huh. like that. And so I called him a few times, finally got him on the phone, and it was just him saying, hey, have you been working on anybody else? <sighs> this was important. You really needed to talk to me. He also told me that, hey, we're going to be having a workshop. I think he called, He kept calling it like a rally. I kept thinking like, that can't be the right term, but I think they were saying a rally where we're going to have like someone who's recruited over 100 members, champion FSM wow, wow, wow. for Scientology give tips on how to be an effective recruiter. And, and was, at this point, I'm your number one recruitee. Yeah. They know that I'm not in all the way. So we really, you are the wind beneath my wings. I would not be an FSM without you. I am both the wind beneath your wings and the wind beneath your wings. Oh. But Ross, they yeah. have set up this dynamic where they're trying to get Ross... To get Carrie to be a Scientologist, yeah. which is just she the needs most some delicious prodding. issue we have going on now. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> We've got an in. Yeah. <laughs> this Ross guy, he's got an in with this Carrie. I bet he can recruit her. He can do it. <laughs> and then you tell me, you're like, should I go? And I'm like, you have to go. Oh, I wanted to go. But I was trying to see if you could go too. And I was like, oh, can right. my friend Carrie come? And I think he was like, Ooh, well, I don't know. See, we're going convin- to figure out how to convince <laughs> Her. Yeah, it's kind of like aimed at her, but not direct. No. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I didn't get a clear answer on that. But anyways, uh, it turns out it was going to be that coming Sunday. And we thought, well, how convenient. It'll be right after the Sunday service. We've been wanting to go to, to one a of To a Sunday these- service. And I had been personally invited, Ross. Ooh. Now, I don't know why I didn't send this to you, because that's weird. You were kind of higher up on the almost bridge. You know, they didn't send me any emails 
until I'd already given them my email many times. They didn't send me any emails until I think we went to the way to happiness. And then I got on the email list. Well, let me turn this around on you. I never got any emails. Weird. But I got postal mail in ye old paper mail. Huh. And in that, I got an invitation that said, like, you are officially invited to Sunday service. You've been approved or whatever. It was very, like, and yet it's you have to get this to, to go. open to the public on yeah, the website. Right? So yeah. confusing. But I remember then, you were like, oh, well, were you, were you invited, Ross? I don't yeah. know if you can come. I was, uh, like, uh, I was about it. <laughs> it's, it's open to everyone, Carrie. <laughs> but it specifically was like, you've been approved. And then I had to say. <laughs> That's like you won the publisher's yeah, right. <laughs> clearing whatever it is. Yeah, clearing house, yeah. Yeah, I had to say what date I wanted to start coming and send that in so that they would like know and then this guy who will call phil started emailing me and calling me and being like just once let you know i got your piece of paper saying you're gonna come and that's fine <laughs> okay <laughs> okay great yeah and then he would want to talk i remember him leaving messages where he's like like, I just want to have a chat with you. Just let you know that that's fine. It was clear he wanted to, like, chat more, but he never gave me any actual reason to call back. Okay. And so I did not. So the website says that the services start at 11. And right. We've seen this elsewhere at the church. And the signs say 11. So so I show up there, like, 10 minutes before 11. Right. So I get there at 10.50, I stroll on in, and I think, hey, I know the lay of the land here now. I know where thing I know where the chapel is. It's downstairs. I can go there on my own. And so I I just walk on in past the front desk. And I remember just feeling so cool that Sunday. Like, wow, they recognize me now and they're not stopping me to ask like if I need help or where I'm uh-huh. going. That they've seen my face what so your day much job here is. now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They all know me. What's your day job? And so I it just it was like a moment of pride for me. This is really weird pride. <laughs> Yeah, that captures the emotion perfectly. I just wander in past the registration area, past the displays, and kind of wave into people. And That's wonderful, Ross. And then the... Are there any podcasts that make you feel free? Because podcasts are free. Are you saying there's entertainment out there that I can get for the price of nothing? Yeah, for free 50 free. <laughs> like what? Throwing Shade? Hey, I'm Erin Gibson. I'm Brian Safi. And we host Throwing Shade, a weekly look at all the issues that are important to ladies and gays and anybody else who cares about that stuff and we uh and we make we make funnies. Yeah. Either you oh, care or you awful. don't. Anyway, you can listen to that for free. What were you saying? So I get to the chapel, and then I realize it's like completely empty. Huh. Uh-oh. Here's the church. Here's the, the steeple. steeple. Open it up. There's Where's no all people. the people? So I kind of wander back upstairs. I was like, hey, um, the uh, Sunday service, uh, it's, it's supposed to be down in the chapel, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, well, it's it starts at noon. And I show them the website. It says right here, 11 o'clock, and... And, and, see and this. Carrie got an official welcome that said 11 o'clock. <laughs> see the sign that you have here. It says 11. Oh, yeah, sorry. It, it's actually, it's been moved to, to noon now for a while. But uh, we'll, we'll come with us. Here, we'll find something for you to do. And and I ran and into at you this at this point, point. No, I walked in and they were still talking to you. Even though you'd been there a while, I didn't know that. So you were still in the front and there was this kind of little semicircle around you of awkward people.
people and I thought oh, Ross no. has been found out. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, I walked in and I was like, what's up, guys? And they were like, we forgot to change the time on the sign. And I was like, oh, too bad. Wow. I'm so sorry. I'm here early. Whoa, what a disappointment. Oh, thank God, thank God, thank God. But you can see already in their minds, they're calculating, like, how can we keep these guys busy? How do we keep them right. busy? We got to do something for them. Uh, would you guys like to see the purification rundown Because heaven forbid you just go get a cup of coffee. Yeah, right. No, no, we, we'll keep you busy. So we get a guided tour of the purification area. Yeah. And we've seen this before because it's right down the hall from other things that we've done. It's got the same kind of sign over the doorway as but everything else does. The skinny, long blue sign that's sort of like... Uh, White lettering. Yeah, and I feel like if you shone a light at it, it would be pretty reflective. Translucent. Yeah. And, yeah. And there's this large um, poster out front that has a bunch of pictures of people, like over 100 pictures of people in little yes. squares. That says like either that they just finished or they're working on yeah, it. Yeah, some of them have a done exclamation mm -hmm. on them and others are just, you know, the pictures by themselves. And so uh, you walk by this area where they have a bunch of treadmills. And uh, there, I think, was Did one. Did see one guy running on the treadmill. Yeah. And and so then you get to wear this super sexy satiny blue shorts. Yeah, very, Short shorts. Very, very gym class. Yes. Like white shirt with a V-neck, blue shorts. Who wears short shorts? You wear short I shorts. I think those shorts are that short. I remember them in short. Maybe not. Huh. Okay. Mm. Well, maybe I was just attracted to this man. Maybe I wanted to get you pure a purif outfit. I found <laughs> one on eBay, but it was the only one I could find was being sold in Clearwater, and I was like, "What if this is just some weird thing?" And I don't want like I don't it's want like my order address to somehow get back oh, to. I thought it was like or ordering Mormon underwear or something. Oh no! But there is a website where they've like done this weird funnel where you can get like the actual. Mormon temple garments through this defector. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. And then paired with your shorts of whatever length they are is a white jersey that has purification written on the back of it. So cool. So yeah, you see this guy, he's running on the treadmill. So yeah, once you're in there, the saunas are off to your right. And there's this large desk with a kind of area behind it for the Purif IC. Then uh, there's a, a screen in front of you, and they sat us down to show us a video. They played a different video for us than I had seen before, and it gave more details on the program itself and uh, kind of. It was long. That video was long. Oh, it was like ten minutes. Ugh, I was bored. Longest ten minutes of Carrie's life. Yeah, it was real long. So we and learned so about all when, the toxins and yeah, how we get them out. Talked about niacin a lot, a lot. They show a lot of footage of uh, people in some other facility that looks really fancy. They got a really ideal one and uh, videoed everybody there. And they keep showing people drinking this water, this special tinted water that looks like someone peed in it. <laughs> that's called CalMag. CalMag. Clearly a portmanteau of... Calcium and magnesium. Right. Uh, Boy, when I hear CalMag, it's like... Can I put whatever that is in my mouth? <laughs> well, I take calcium and magnesium sometimes. All right. Yeah. Uh, and they had a dispenser right there. Yeah. So, and so when we finished, I said, can we try it? Part of our grand tour. We and, got to, uh, yeah. And put then, it. well, then they all like looked around like, oh, I guess, I guess, yeah. I know, they didn't have a problem with it. No, he looked around. I mean, Did he it? just, he, I felt like he was like, uh, 
Oh, you okay. Know, there's no reason to say no to this, but uh, huh. no one ever asked this. That's Interesting. Oh, okay. It. I didn't get that impression. Well, anyway. But yeah, we got the little white it. paper cups and we drank our Calmeg. It was kind of chalky. and Kind of chalky, kind of had uh, apple cider vinegary yeah, taste. Yeah, yeah, totally. It, yeah. Like my first thought was like, oh, am I in a Chinese restaurant or something? Uh-huh. Like, I was trying to figure out why it was reminding me of that. I yeah. Guess it was just kind of the rice vinegar, rice vinegar, apple cider vinegar, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. It was kind of gross. I wouldn't want to drink a bunch of it. No. On the left-hand side of the room, there were all these dispensers that had pills in them. Pills up the wazoo. Mm -hmm. And, of course, chief amongst them, niacin. Niacin. Got your B3 there. Uh, It had this clever little nozzle. It looked really fancy, like for getting the exact right dosage into your cup. And uh, then there were a host of other vitamins. And there's a little chart on the wall that explains exactly what you get. So so here's your vitamin table. There are five stages of this program. So, you know, I guess you take a certain amount for a while and then you amp it up. So with niacin, you start up with 200 to 400 milligrams, but you end up with 3,500 to 5,000 milligrams per day. 5,000 milligrams being five grams. Right, which you were saying is above the limit where you are overdosing. Yeah, so we looked this up at the NIH website, National Institute of Health. So NIH says, when doses of over three grams per day of niacin are taken, more serious side effects can happen. These include liver problems, gout, ulcers of the digestive tract, loss of vision, high blood sugar, irregular heartbeat, and other serious problems. They mentioned the flushing reaction, burning, tingling, itching, redness in the face, arms, and chest, headaches, uh, shortness of breath. All those good things. So there you go. They give you a bunch of niacin and you experience the red flushing and chills and heating response. And it's just because you're taking too much niacin. Instead of because all of the other stuff is coming out. It's because you are putting bad stuff in. Too much of a good thing. Then you also take vitamin A, 5,000 to 10,000 IUs, international units. And then you end up with 50,000 per day. Vitamin D, oh, that's a good thing to supplement with, 400 IUs, and then you end up with 2,000 per day. Vitamin C, you end up with 0.25 grams to a gram, and then you end up with 5 to 6 grams. So you get the idea. All of these go from a little little bit to a lot. Yeah. Uh, So you also take vitamin E, vitamin B, vitamin B2, I think? Anyways, you take a lot of vitamins. And then there's a mineral table as well. So you're also taking calcium, magnesium, iron, zinc, manganese, copper, potassium, iodine, and CalMag. Oh, that's its own separate thing. For more information, see Clear Body, Clear Mind, the effective purification program. I know I'm really caught up on niacin here, but I just noticed that it also says don't take niacin. If you have low blood pressure, you can just pass out. Oh. And I... I have slightly low blood pressure. Wow. So consult your doctor who is not a Scientology-approved doctor. <laughs> Probably. So they showed us that, and then there was like still extra time. So they're like, what do we do with these people now? Hey, you guys want to come to the bookstore? Like, yeah, let's go uh, to the... Uh, yeah, we do. Let's go to the bookstore. To, uh, I think they called it the library. Well, the big sign says bookstore. And this is pretty fancy looking. I liked it. It had uh, a lot of like dark wood polished furniture. Has that classic Scientology half circle feel where everything feels like a boardroom. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And uh, so there's all these displays there. They've got the e-meter set up. Which you can like buy there. Yeah, and a bunch of the little handbells, the cans, strings, uh-huh. like 
be like a ton of them sitting next to the e-meter case that you could buy. You can get your clear bracelet yeah. that says the date that you went clear. They had the, Man, I wish we could get this so bad. They had the so clear bad. bracelets. If anyone has the hookups. If you really loved us, you would send us clear bracelets. You would bracelets. help us get clear bracelets. Now someone's going to be a real wise ass and send us some bracelets that are clear. That we are don't want those. Transparent we don't or fucking see-through. want those. No, we want an actual signed. <laughs> if, if someone can send us a clear bracelet, I promise to wander into a Scientology org wearing one. Okay. <laughs> I will do it. Okay, good. Yeah, so that had a bunch of L. Ron Hubbard's books, of course, not all of them, but <laughs> nearly all, if not all, of his Scientology-related books. I wonder if there was any book there not written by L. Ron Hubbard. Good question. There were a lot of books. That's a good question. I should have asked that. I don't think there were. At the back, there's this big materials guide chart that yeah. shows you all of the important Scientology works. And by important, I mean, it's still hundreds of books. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, they've narrowed it down to the most important 150 or whatever right. it is. And there's this big like image of the bridge behind it. But it mm-hmm. kind of shows you the logical order in which you should be reading uh, nigh these many L. Ron Hubbard books. And guess who is there working the bookshop? Your friend. My friend Phil. Phil. Who invited me to come this fine Sunday and who I never called back. So I had to tell him, oh, you know, I'm so- I'm Carrie Poppy. I think I never quite got in touch with you. And of course, immediately he's like, oh, yeah, Carrie Poppy. <laughs> yes, of course. He knew who I was right away. And uh, he had his own clear bracelet on. Older fella. Older, white hair. Yeah. Uh, Ver- a Caucasian gentleman. It seemed like he was willing to go into more obscure things and just kind of like, hey, these kids are interested. Let's yeah. tell them everything. And so very quickly, we started talking about kind of what L. Ron Hubbard is still doing. And and so his take on the L. Ron Hubbard question was, uh, oh, well, he's out working still, probably on other planets. That's interesting. Okie dokie. Tell us more. And so he got into the whole time track thing and how, oh yeah, well, we've all lived many, many lives. I mean, the history of man really goes back 76 trillion years. Yeah. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. Can you say and that then, again? Was that trillion with a TR? <laughs> uh, yeah. And and I said, because, you know, the, uh, so further back than Earth, because the Earth is, and then we both kind of paused and he kind of cocked his head and you and I at the same time said, Four point five billion. Years. Yeah, and he's like, oh, yeah. oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know, far. older than, way older than that. <laughs> it's like, he, it seems like he hadn't heard that number before. It was just surprising to hear that because you know, Zenu was seventy five million years ago, I believe, and it, now we're talking about seventy six trillion. <laughs> we haven't mentioned Zenu on the show, have we? We haven't until I said the book title A to Zenu earlier. All right. This show, our first mention of Xenu. Yeah, we're going to get more in our next episode, which may be our final episode. We're going (laughs) to tell you a little more about what we know about Scientology outside of our personal investigation. Right. So yeah, then he recommended the book, The History of Man. No, I walked up to it and found it. Oh, you did? I thought he had specifically said like, oh, this would be a good one to read about that. But you found it. Yes. Boy, did the cover catch my eye. Oh, yeah. So it's a very Planet of the Apes-y cover. Yeah, it's got kind of like a early hominid, kind of a missing link sort of uh, human-like, ape-like creature. Neanderthal-ish, yeah. Yeah. And so I saw that, and it's called Scientology, A History of Man. Antediluvian Technology. 
uh, antediluvian meaning before the biblical flood. Yeah, way um, before. <laughs> yeah, I know. Why even bother to uh, put it in those terms? I uh, I picked it up and I was like, oh, Ross, look, this um this certainly fits our interests or something. <laughs> you know, I have to sort of like softball these things that in person I would normally be like, oh my god, Ross, you know, <laughs> right. but this guy's right here. Yeah, and he said, you guys haven't read that one, and I said, no, no, and he's like, oh, you got to, it's so amazing. So yeah, he tells us that. It has all this history of our Thetans going back way, way, way into prehistory. And I said, uh, well, so how did L. Ron Hubbard know all this? And uh, apparently L. Ron Hubbard was audited back to these memories. Right. And he audited others. And so he kept realizing, oh, wow, if I go into the deep past, I find these consistent stories uh, that paint out this history of the galaxy. <laughs> I like they, they define antediluvian here in the book. Of or belonging to the time before the Great Flood, the universal deluge recorded as having occurred in the days of Noah. Now, did LRH actually believe the flood happened? Because it did not. Really taking some hardline stances here today, There's no way the flood could have happened. (laughs) There is no (laughs) geological way that the flood ever happened. Maybe it happened in some other sense. So it's just, it's funny to kind of anchor, you know, this absurd mm-hmm. tech on top of something that is just. Well, I'll tell you this. Not possibly Makes true. the flood sound a lot less crazy. You know what? That's a fair point. We asked him, oh, so how much would this cost? And I think it was $30 to buy it there. Not a big book. Yeah. Well, I said to him, is there any reason I shouldn't buy it used? Because I actually kind of expected to have a, a clever way to get me to buy it there. Right. But he said no. Yeah. He said no. As long as it was published after 2007. 2007. Yeah. So I went and found it online. We both did. I bought a copy for, I don't know, a buck plus shipping nice. and handling. So I paid very little for this. I checked it out at LAPL, but I didn't finish it. I'm working my way through it. It's fun. Nice. I think if you've got if you've got to read one Scientology book, this is probably this is the, the most one. entertaining one. Yeah. Speaking of the 2007 thing, I find this piece of history fascinating, and I want to know more about it. So apparently, the people in Scientology say you shouldn't get any text that was issued before 2007. So all of these books were written before 2007 because LRH was dead then. Right. But they were re-released in 2007 or later because supposedly they went back to the original texts and recordings and found errors that they corrected. Now, to me, this Mm -hmm. sounds like a really easy way to just get everyone to read by your books or for a new young leader to insert his or her own thoughts. Yeah. I'm not saying that is what happened, but that seems like... It would fit in pretty snugly with what did happen. Yeah, I'm suspecting from what I've heard that it was very much a money grab to get everyone to rebuy stuff because they had people destroy older materials. That was Mm. like the directive that went out from Miscavige. And then at the same time to perhaps tighten up the doctrine a little bit. But mm-hmm. I don't have any sure. I don't have any examples of that. So that's right. speculation. We have no hard and fast evidence. Similarly, we've gotten guys, we've gotten so much email from ex Scientologists and yes. and Scientology adjacent people, people whose families have been involved. Right. A lot of people reporting that A People are told to go to the library and check out all the books, all the critical books on Scientology, Uh so they're never available to the public. And never return them, just steal them from the library. Right. Or at least continually check them out to other Scientologists. Mm -hmm. And B, to buy up all the used copies of -of out-of-print books so you can't get them for more than like, you know, $200 for this little paperback. And also to buy the actual L. Ron Hubbard books to keep them on the bestseller list. Wonderful. That's, hey, we're not getting this firsthand. We don't know if it's true. That's what people say. 
So then they came to grab us and say, oh, hey, hey, uh, the it's service time. is actually ready. <laughs> Come here for Sunday service. Listen, so, readers. Yeah, so we uh, followed them over to the chapel. It still wasn't ready, uh, but we kind of took our seats. And we'd been in the chapel before when we were doing our co-auditing. Yes. But now, like, the seats were in a row facing the pulpit. The chaplain was there. She kind of talked with us a little bit. She was chatting. Seemed really friendly. Yeah, so she was a woman in what, like her 40s or 50s, blonde hair. And uh, there were a bunch of, it was funny, like church ladies. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, there were a bunch of older people. Little old church ladies behind us. and for service. Yeah, kind of wearing the same kind of get-ups you might expect uh, to see at a Christian church. It was interesting. But I'll tell you this, at a Christian church, or my experiences with most churches, that like Sunday morning or whenever that that worship time is, is the central focal point of your community. Scientology, no, no. Like 10 people show up to the service. And and it's the classes that, yeah, that really yeah. are the draw. Totally. Because there were what? Yeah, 10 people max. Yeah, it was definitely not filled. I'd say maybe a third of the seats and it was already kind of sparse. And I uh, noticed, again, they were playing a song on loop over and over again, this one. Yeah, uh, Pharrell. Pharrell. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I forgot that. Just over and over again, probably for about 12 minutes before and we actually started the And then she asked us if we were happy. Oh, and at this point, I was wearing my We Are IAS shirt, which yes. I got from the Goodwill. Yes, IAS were. meaning International Association of Scientologists. And this, I still remember this as throwing me for a loop a little bit. The minister walked right up to me and she said, well, there's no question that you are a Scientologist. And she said it in like just this little way yeah. that seemed just slightly challenging to I, me. That's weird. I didn't read any of that in there. But. I know. I, and later I told you and I was like, I'm not sure if I'm being, you know, uh, paranoid because I wasn't sure. Sometimes, you know, you like totally read it and you're like, oh, that was <laughs> passive aggressive. Uh-huh. But this time I was like, was that me? Did I imagine that? What was that? Huh. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the rest of the encounter was normal. And Wait. I actually said, oh, you know, we just took the class. I found this at the Goodwill. Isn't that funny? And she was like, oh, well, all right. And the, the shirt was kind of bedazzled. Like yeah. It's shiny jewels on, the on it. Yeah, IAS is in jewels. Yeah, and <laughs> rhinestones. Uh, but yeah, and she seemed friendly. And then she gave yeah, totally. a sermon. Uh, I guess they just have these kind of prepared and pre-printed like many other churches do. It's kind of like in Catholic church, you've got your approved mass mm-hmm. and you read through it. So this one was all about uh, happiness, mm-hmm. appropriate. And uh, yeah, just little thoughts from good old Ron on how to be happy. Yeah. And then uh, part of that was everyone reading aloud mm-hmm. the personal integrity statement by yes. L. Ron Hubbard. May I read it to you, Ross? Please do. I started actually laughing about like two thirds of the way through this because it's so Elron Hubbard just talking off the cuff, might as well be drunk. Uh-huh. And then it just, you know, gets like, you know, turned into holy writ where it's like, <laughs> we won't change a single syllable of, or tittle. of this totally, yeah, nonsense babble. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> what you get? What is true for you is what you have observed yourself 
And when you lose that, you have lost everything. What is personal integrity? Personal integrity is knowing what you know. What you know <laughs> is what you know. And to have the courage to know and say what you have observed. And that is integrity. And there is no other integrity. Of course, we can talk about honor, truth, all these things, these esoteric terms. But I think they'd all be covered very well if what we really observed was what we observed. Uh. That we took care to observe, that we were observing, that we always observed to observe. And not necessarily maintaining a skeptical attitude, a critical attitude, or an open mind but certainly maintaining sufficient personal integrity and sufficient personal belief and confidence in self and courage that we can observe what we observe and say what we have observed. Nothing in Dianetics and Scientology is true for you unless you have observed it. And it is true according to your observation. That is all. (laughs) L. Ron Hubbard, founder. That is all. Uh, Founder and discoverer of Scientology. (laughs) Wow. So you observed. That he said observation or observed 11 times. Wow. Um, Yeah, so we get to read all that out loud. (laughs) That is all. (laughs) Yeah, that is all. Come on now. (laughs) And I also wonder if it was said that way, that is all, or if he's like, that's all. And then, you know, someone writes it down and it (laughs) becomes, that is all. Which is like how she reads it, you know? Right. Sure, oh, you have to imbue oh, yeah. meaning in totally nonsense things. Very, yeah, in reverent tones, meaningful. Yeah. And then they played uh, videos at us from The Way to Happiness. We mm-hmm. recognized some of the videos. Yeah. That and was about it. And yeah. Have- and, and uh, you know, they love their videos. So every time they can throw to a video, they will. So she would be like, you know, it's kind of like this one video and then show us and be like, that's kind of connected. Yeah, that wasn't the greatest transition, but I guess you had that queued up. Yeah. They did have water and coffee for us. Oh, yes. You know what, Ross? I want to propose something. Okay. It's not marriage. Don't worry. I know you're married, but we are in our fifth year. Yeah. And all these five years, we have shared how much I adore hot drinks and you, you like do. hot drinks uh-huh. uh i am fond of the hot drink i propose that from here out when we do our rankings we add a ranking for hot drinks satisfaction okay you heard it here what a big day all right now i'm just waiting to see if you'll actually remember that when we record our next episode oh i'll remember it Okay. I will remember it, slurp, slurp. I did wonder if that woman's like whole job was being a minister because she's so not present the rest of the time. Uh-huh. You know, your minister at your church is like the head guy. Right. This is just one role among many is the chaplain. She'd been doing yeah. it for years. But I looked it up and apparently, so the ministers have to do like a particular training curriculum, hmm. um, but all auditors are required to become ordained ministers. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so then you were ready to head off, and I was going to stick around for, for this. For the rally. Yeah, for this rally, where I was going to learn how to recruit more people. And we were walking up the stairs, and we ran into Hannah. Yeah. And I'd seen her. Who I had never met. Yeah, I'd seen her briefly earlier while we were over in the purification area. She kind of saw me and waved. She stopped and said, oh, hi, Ross, and uh, this must be your friend. I was like, oh, yeah, this is my friend, Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Yeah. Uh, Ross, I was wondering, I, I, can you come with me for a minute? I was hoping we could talk. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Uh, sure. All right. Well, bye, Carrie. And I'm like, okay, bye, 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 bye. <laughs> Go and get a burrito. And Going so, on my merry way. So, um, so you know, I'm following her, and she goes uh, to a different area than we'd been before and commandeer someone else's desk, kind of asks him if he can leave for a minute, if she can uh, take his spot. And so, uh, so I just take up residence in the seat next to the desk there. Oh, well, what's going on? You want to talk for another hour? <laughs> and and uh, she says, so uh, it's so funny that I would see you today. Uh because, you know, I was, I was just talking, actually, about you the other day with a, a friend of mine. Uh, I have a, a friend who's a Mormon. I said, oh, I know lots of Mormons. Because <laughs> why not volunteer that information? Yeah, so, yeah, I have lots of Mormon friends. It's like, oh, yeah, well, uh, you know, I was telling her that, you know, we have this guy named Ross who's really enthusiastic, smart guy. And, and she said, oh, that's really interesting because... Uh, there was a guy named Ross who joined the Mormon church and he has a podcast and he actually kind of reported on the Mormon church. And so, and I'm just kind of sitting there letting her finish her <laughs> sentence. So I looked it up and, uh, and I saw sure enough there, there was, that was you, right? You have a podcast. Oh no, Ross and Carrie. <laughs> and I felt my face. You felt the niacin. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, I hadn't taken any, but uh, boy, yeah, definitely felt my face kind of go flush. I must have turned bright red. Uh-huh. And said, yep, that's, that's me, all right. Uh-huh. And she said, ah, is that, um, is that something you were trying to keep a secret? Mm-hmm. I said, well, not particularly. I mean, didn't offer the information, but I'm here for the real experience. And uh, she said, well, I mean, my, my friend said that that what you did was really positive and oh, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, the, they thought you were a nice guy. So, mm-hmm. Oh, well, thanks. Great. <laughs> All right. Well, it was nice talking to you. <laughs> I, I, I got you... up and I left. Wait, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> um, cause you also told me that you, you mentioned like, it's not quite fair to say that it, that we were keeping it a secret in that we gave you our real names and like you yeah. even asked Carrie what she did and she said, I'm a journalist. Right. Yeah. So I pointed out to her like, oh, well, we've given all real information about ourselves. Uh, and she said, because I was asking about going to this rally and she said, well, I don't know if that's really the best thing because I think I think that's for more committed people who are really into Scientology. And I said, well... To, to be honest, you, you really don't know what my mental state is. You know, maybe maybe I am very pro-Scientology. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm taking the classes, and for all you know, I've definitely sold on this. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not. But she said, oh, well, okay, that's true. But, um, hmm, and she was kind of wrestling over how to say this. But, uh, you know, just think if, you know, if you're, if you're doing a podcast, and I said, well, what, what would you say to someone who you felt needed to know about the church and maybe had a critical opinion or just didn't know much, you'd say, you should go and attend and take some courses. And that's what I'm doing. I, I like to think I go in with a very open mind. And if, if it turns out to be true, then it'll become the new truth for me. It'll be true yeah. for me. And I'm, I'm open to that, but I can only it find be out. what I observed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, Might have used a little uh, Habardian language there. But uh, said, you know, that was, that's the best way to find out. And I'm really interested in the truth. That's what I'm all about. So I, I, I gave her that explanation, said, that's really what motivates me, and gave her a bit of my personal history. That's how I got out of the faith of my upbringing, because I'm really willing, if the evidence is there, to be convinced of, you know, the evidence. 
And so she was, you know, kind of nodding along with all of this. And, and I felt like this, this conversation went for a good 45 minutes. Oh, wow. And, and I felt like I was winning her over a bit, or at least she was kind of, you know, nodding to all of my arguments saying, okay, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. That would be the to right To her way. credit, right? I mean, it sounds like she was actually having a conversation with she you. She was still smiling and mm-hmm. friendly and unblinking, you know, and... <laughs> And, uh, but I mean, it sounds like she was thinking for herself. She wasn't just yeah, going by a script there. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and she was even again, kind of reiterating how helpful it had been for her. It's like, Oh, you know, that's great. So yeah, th- this conversation went on for a long time, but I felt like I was kind of winning her over at least to mm-hmm. seeing like kind of my motivation that, uh, my heart was largely in the right place. And we were getting towards the time where that class was supposed to get in the rally. And, I'm realizing internally, like, okay, well, this is my last chance to be here because, yeah, yeah, I'm likely. not probably not going to get to take the purification right now because because I was still talking in terms of like, you know, well, what I'm going to do next and everything. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm feeling like um, odds are, uh-huh. you know, that's not going to happen now. And so as the class was about to start, I, I felt like she was just trying to bide my time until it was too late. And I said, well, you know, Harold invited me to the class and I think he's still expecting me. I told him I'd be there and I'd really like to participate. And then she kept saying, I mean, it's totally up to you, but, uh, you know, I feel like maybe it wouldn't be the best thing. I said, "Okay, well, you said it's totally up to me. So, all right, I'm going to choose to go to the class. Okay, good for you. Yeah. And I I pushed the point a couple of times and finally said, oh, all right. okay." And so I wandered off, and it was on the other side of the same room. So I went over and I joined. Oh, whoa. Yeah. I didn't picture that. <laughs> it was okay. a very long open area, kind of like that bookstore area. So okay, there were all these gotcha. desks. But then there was like just a couch over on the far end where these people were meeting. Oh, okay. And so I wandered over there, and I saw she kind of immediately wandered off somewhere. I, I assume she was just wandering off to start talking to other Sea Org members and see what to do about this oh, guy. Okay. Uh-huh. I go over to this couch essentially and sit next to three other people who are participating in this class turns out the guy who was the rock star recruiter of like a hundred plus people couldn't be there for whatever reason oh no i know yeah so he wasn't even there so it was just going to be harold leading this seminar he's a young fellow uh bright red hair really assertive and he's the one who had called me earlier and uh, so he's starting out just wanting to know a bit about our experiences. And of course, they want to know what I've done so far. And others are talking. There's one guy who was one of those unfiltered people who just says whatever's on his mind. Uh, oh, I convince people on the street all the time. And I just tell them, you're not thinking the right way. And uh-huh. uh, so, uh, I could tell Harold was a little embarrassed by him. Like, oh, can you please Trying not talk so much? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then there was a lady next so to So did they react at all to you coming over? Do you feel like they knew who they knew what was up? See, I was trying to read the expressions and the tone. I wasn't sure. like, Because okay. we were still having a conversation about sharing and being effective. And he he gave a handout and it had like different methods, you know, just of like conversational tactics. What were some of the methods? Jeez, I'm trying to remember now. Get them in. Just like get them in and say Uh like, oh, you know what? I know someone who can tell you all about it, you know, like I have someone who's really knowledgeable. So it was not the worst method. Yeah. I was like, send them a little. Try it out for yourself. Send them up the chain, you know, so Uh someone can explain it to them. Other people in the group were sharing people that they'd talked to. Uh, there was a kind of a sweet older lady next to me and um, we talked a lot kind of on the side while this was all going on. So at one point then uh, a, another Sea Org member came and sat down next to me. So it was a woman. She said she was from the San Diego Org. 
So she sat right next to me and was kind of paying close attention to me. So I thought, okay, is this kind of the first mm-hmm. wave of someone sent to monitor my actions? Uh-huh. And then the leader got pulled away for a moment and then he came back. And so then I felt like, okay, was this about me? So now I'm like kind of super paranoid that all of this is about me. And I noticed the tone of the conversation changes a little bit there. And it seems like he didn't want to talk about examples anymore. And he mm. just wanted to get into more general information. Mm-hmm. But again, we're still we're still having a conversation. So I'm like, ah, what, what level is this playing out on? I'm not sure. But a few minutes later, I'd say this about 12 minutes into the class-ish, something like that, someone comes over and whispers to him, another Sea Org member whispers to him, and I know I hear the words, call and miscavige. And he gets up, he walks away immediately. He says, excuse me, I'll be right back. Walks off very briskly, comes back less than three minutes later. And we don't want to know. Oh, I can't tell you now? No, don't tell me. Oh, cliffhanger. <laughs> I know what happens. What Maybe happens who doesn't to- know? America. And <laughs> the, the rest world. of the world. <laughs> or the rest of the world. Hi, everybody else. <laughs> oh, my God, Ross. This, I remember hearing this story the first time from you and just like my heart sinking and just being <laughs> like, oh, shit. Number one. Ross is in trouble. And number two, dude, Miscavige knows my name. (laughs) (laughs) You're a fan of our podcast. (laughs) So we're going to leave it there. We're not going to tell you what happens next, but we will tell you in the next episode, which may or may not be the last episode about Scientology. We don't know. (laughs) I think we'll be able to wrap up our story. Pretty good story, Ross. More to come. Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our producer and co-editor is Ian Kramer. Our iTunes is iTunes. (laughs) You can donate to support this and all our investigations at MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. Our Facebook is Facebook.com forward slash OnRack. Go there to find lots of pictures and interact with us and see articles we post. Lots of fun things. And you can also go to MaximumFun.org and click on the shopping link and you can see the cool store with all the MaxFun merchandise, including Oh No Ross and Carrie merchandise. Yay! What? Leave us positive reviews. Tell your friends. But maybe don't tell your friends who might belong to groups that we intend to investigate. But if that's what you need to do, then you do it. You be you. You be you. Hey, we're not stopping you from being you. What you observe is what you observe. And it is true for you because you, the observer, observed it being observed as an observation. So, vis a QED. <laughs> <laughs> and remember. We all when I get older, I will be stronger. They'll call me freedom, just like a waving flag. Like have just playing really low level through the whole thing on that flag song, just like <laughs> barely there. <laughs> and then the end of it. Okay, is that it? We get everything. Yeah, that's good. Podcast are you looking for? You have chosen 
funny podcasts about bad movies. Rated R. May we recommend The Flophouse. Three friends talk about bad movies and make each other and you laugh. Rated R. The Flophouse is playing at your ears. If you download it right now or whenever. Rated R. To purchase tickets to The Flophouse. You don't need to do that. Just download it. The Flophouse. Rated R. For nudity, I guess. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.